This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Thanks for listening to the Reds Report. This podcast is sponsored by Webmart. If you want to get more out of your marketing, drive out costs, and find out which channels are best for you and your company, then visit our website, webmartuk.com, or just search Webmart Barnsley. Innovate. Create. Communicate. This is for the fans. The Vibe. It's a very good evening. If you're listening us to uh, an Apple podcast or via audio boom, uh, nice to have it with you for the fifth Reds report of the season. If you're watching us on YouTube, you'll probably be forgiven thinking, is this the Reds report or have I tuned into some sort of take that tribute act? Um, no, no. I'll, in fact, I'll let you decide who's the fat one, who's the funny one, and can neither of us actually sing? Um, let me introduce the panel for today because this is the Reds report. First of all, after a few weeks without him, uh, we're happy to have our resident star striker back. He's a bit like Robbie Williams. He's a little bit naughty. He's a little bit cheeky, but you just have to listen to him. He's the chaplain in our team because he's not the tallest. He's not the most talented, but he's got bags of energy and he can floss. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Rigard's back. Chris, <laughs> that is an absolute wonderful uh, welcome, Carl. Thank you very much for having me back. Uh, it's brilliant to join you and Steve. I know... I know you and Steve have been holding fort in my absence. Steve, you've done a great job being, being the handsome, uh, funny man of the duo, uh, filling in for me. And uh, it's nice for us all to be here, isn't it? You know, it's a bit of a, It's nice, it's nice. Yeah. Well, you, you already mentioned him. Uh, the second member of our panel today um, is a, mate, a man that reminds me a little bit of, of Gary Barlow. He's a bit more mature, but he's always worth listening to. Um, he's the sole bower of our team. That's because he's definitely not the youngest and probably by far the eldest. Um, but you can always <laughs> rely on him for opinions and football chats. And he's been in every present so far this season. Steve Andrews. Yes. Steve. Uh, good afternoon and thank you for that interesting, very interesting introduction. 
What well, do you mean by far oldest? I'm not by far oldest. Surely not. <laughs> Listen, um, I was going to do one for myself, and I thought, no, but if anybody asks, I'm Mowat. Because on form or not, I'm always on the team sheet. We'll just leave it there. All right, OK, OK, that's interesting. That's <laughs> it. I made more appearances than you last season, Carl. I did. I did. I'm not having that. We're not letting him out of jail like that, Steve. I'm no, not convinced. No, no. no. He's definitely more of a J- Jason Orange, I think. Well, <laughs> Speaking of Orange, uh, you do know he's Dutch, don't you? You know that. Oh, look at the funny name, he can't sing. That's what I think, Steve. <laughs> um, lads, uh, lots to discuss. I'll do it in sort of chronological order. So I want to talk about Millwall first, then QPR, um, then the new gaffer, and then we'll look ahead to, uh, to Watford. So first of all, uh, start with you, Chris. Um, in the warm-up for the Millwall match, Woodrow and Williams drop out with injuries. Um, our switching time, knowing that Woodrow can't play, and Williams, who love him or hate him, he's been a little bit up and down on that side, and he, you know he's proving and have a present in the team. Uh, was that a, a worry? Was that a worry for you? Yeah, massive worry uh, for for both players, really. Not not just for Woodrow for his goal-scoring prowess and how dangerous he is in, in, in attacking areas and, you know, how clinically he's in taking his chances. Um, but for Williams as well, who's, who's been probably like an ever-present over the past 20, 25 games, I'd like to see the stats, how many games he's actually played, but particularly under Gerhard Struber towards the end, he, he trusted him immensely, uh, be it at left wing back, uh, left-hand side or a middle three at the back or at right wing back, and I think having Ludovic gone and bringing in Callum Britton, which I'm sure we'll get on to later on the episode, I, I thought that losing him would be quite big, you know, he's a, he's a big player for us, and it's not been the case, has it, because people have stepped up, Adore stepped in, he, uh, not not for long, uh, previous game, but he did step in, uh, and then obviously we know that Stal- uh, Callum Styles is capable of playing there, and now we have an abundance of midfield talent, he, he can play out there, uh, but yeah, Woodrow, I think we need him, and he proved again why we need him so much. Uh, forever a threat and a great finisher. Um, Steve, when you look back on the Millwall match, um, and obviously, you know, it was another draw because Adam Murray only really seemed to get draws when he, when he manages the team on a sort of like caretaker basis. Um, if you look back on that now and the results of this, 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 these midweek matches, and, and they obviously did really well against Preston, is that maybe a better point than we give ourselves credit for? Yeah, looking back at game, I think it is. Um, that first that first 20, 25 minutes at Millwall, um, you know, we looked steady and what have you. But second half, um, I thought we struggled. Uh, it was definitely a game of two halves for me. Uh, but when you do look back and look at results that Millwall had, like you say, against Preston, um, I think it's a point game. Um, I still come back to the fact that it, it seemed as though Murray... Um, for all his caretakership, didn't really have uh, a plan B. But I think we've been struggling for a plan B for quite a while, not just under Murray. Um, I'm hoping this new guy uh, can sort of change it up a little bit and he's got some new, fresh ideas. Um, You you talked about him before, Chris. Listen, let's discuss him. Um, There was uproar. When Callum, uh, Callum, when Ludwig went back to um, to, his, to his team in Germany because he's now gone to Schalke, um, I think Ludwig for two reasons really. First of all, he was probably the one that showed a lot of pedigree, young player, hungry, you know, a, a young German international. And, and for the other half, about the, the statement that was put out about um, inconsistent performances four matches into the season, which still sort of baffles us. Um, Callum. <laughs> 
Callum Britton makes him makes us forget actually who, who Ludwig was because when we bought him from MK Dons, immediately people get on the high or saying we could have got him for a free before he signed a new contract with MK Dons. It doesn't really matter because I have seldom seen a player come in and perform like he does as, as what Callum Britton's on because he's been in every match, you can say, at least a contender for man of the match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first and foremost, Ludovic. I think that's Big Dane all pulling a plonker, if I'm honest. Uh, <laughs> it's not first time and I'll be last, but I think that's Big Dane just playing the Barnsley game. At the end of the day, he's got Barnsley's interest at arts, hasn't he? So he's not going to sell somebody up river and say that, oh, actually, we weren't good enough or we weren't big enough to keep him and he didn't want to play for us because Struber was going on. He's not going to say that, is he? Uh, so let's be right about that. And in terms of loan players, we, we, we said we weren't going to loan players in. And, and yeah, we've loaned players in. And we've got Matty James in now, haven't we? But he brings experience. Why Why you own young players? I don't know. We might as well sign them and grow them ourselves, which we're planning all along, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Callum Britton, we would have had to pay a fee, regardless of what people said. He is under the age bracket where it would have gone to court. We would have had to pay something anyway. Um, I think that's MK Dons making him sign a contract, look after their financial uh, issue. So that's a load of tosh as well. Uh, in terms of bringing him in, under the radar again, nobody knew who we were. Um, Great signing. He looks, I don't know what Steve's thoughts on this. He looks really steady. I think given a number seven shirt, I think put a bit of pressure on him. People are thinking, oh, is he a marauding winger? Is he a fullback? What kind of player is he? But he just looks comfortable down the right hand side. Would you agree with that, Steve? No matter where he is on the pitch in terms of how, how far back he's, how far forward he is, as long as he's on that right hand side, he looks comfortable, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right what you said when, he, when we brought him in. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's anybody can say, oh, yeah, I've seen him, I know what he's like, I know what he can do. Yeah. Um, but after seeing him only in a couple of games, he's got, he's got a bit of pace about him, he's got some trickery about him, he can go forward. But I think the difference is he can come back and he can defend and he's comfortable defending. And if you watch him play, um, he's the same as Alt, isn't it? You know, he's tell a good player. Uh, he gives himself time. He gives himself time on ball for whatever he's doing. Um, and I think, yeah, definitely a bit of a dark horse there for towards end of the season. I think he's going to be a mainstay, definitely mainstay at back. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The 1-1 result, the new head coach was in the stand. He, he flew over to London uh, to, to watch the game and then he then took training on the following day. Um, looking back on that match, um, history, if you look at the history... Besides last season, we've never really done well away matches in London. Um, another point, I have to be happy with it, don't we? Because surely the only way we're going to get any better is by turning draws into wins, which is a lot easier than turning defeats into wins. So, um, do you think at any point, uh, Chris, Murray would have been in with the performances that he, you know, that, that he presented towards? Do you think he was ever in with a shout of becoming the new head coach? No, I don't think he was at all. No, I... I think you can see that through his, his language and his interviews that he used, the fact that he was staying at Barnsley regardless of who got the job. I think he's highly regarded at Barnsley. And from as a fan's point of view, from what I've seen, he should be. He stepped into those shoes, managed it twice now, in exceedingly difficult circumstances. The results weren't brilliant under Struber before he left for New York. I, I know he stayed up, it was dramatic. They weren't brilliant, so he's not coming to a winning side. Uh, he obviously took the reins under a cloud from uh, Stendhal, possibly talking to Huddersfield. Players, you know, really down on confidence, you know, not getting results. He steadied that ship. 
did he win many games? You mentioned it. No, he didn't. He, he drew a lot of games. But I think just to turn that confidence around has given this new manager a massive step up. So I don't think he would ever win in with a shout with doing it. And I think he knew that. I think he knew what his game was from the start. And I think he, he really set up the new manager to be able to succeed from, from the get-go. Um, Steve, he, he, they said he would have a job with Barnsley regardless. Um, is, is that a sign that maybe in the future he will be? Or if he's, he is, is he a bit like that handyman that you come in, you, you know, you bring him in to do some jobs that need doing because you know he's reliable, you know he's cheap, but he's never going to do anything more than just a few jobs. You know what I mean? Because... If, yeah. you are, if you are a coach that is, um, you know, future-focused, that is ambitious, surely he'd want to look elsewhere and, and start maybe in League Two or League One and, and applying a trade. But he seems to be happy to take over and then go back again to assistant. He's very much like, uh, and you'll relate to this, that little lad with his finger in dam uh, that to, to stop dam breaking. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he comes in and he, he's done a job. Uh, but I think we've had the conversation before. Um, this the new guy, Valerian, I think should bring his own men in. I think part of the problem that we've had over the last two or three years is you know, we've had the manager and we've had Murray in the background, but there's not been that much improvement. And I just wonder now whether Murray is actually part of the problem and not part of the solution. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see Valerian bringing his own men, to be perfectly honest. Can I interject there and disagree with Steve for the first time on the show? Uh, I, I think, I think, <laughs> I think we are competing and I think we have improved. If you look where we were this time last season, understand that we weren't competing at all. We were, we were conceding a leaking goal. And I remember getting up motorway at 4 1 down, away at Preston. Uh, and I think it ended up being 5 1, did it, or 6 months, something. I don't know how halfway home, to be fair. And I remember how bad it were, understand, also. I'm not having that, Steve, at all. I'm sorry, pal. I'm not having the fact we... Right. I'm not having that we've not got any better because I think we have and I think we look, we look much more um, stead sure at the back and we're not we're not leaking four and five goals and therefore you can win football games and I think Murray's done a great job and I think Murray still needs to be around the club just in case we do really well again and his manager leaves again. <laughs> Is he... I think, I think, I, well, no, I'm going to say, I think... Um, if they're going to plan for the future, if Valerian does go, do really well, he'll stick about, like you said, for about 12 months, 18 months, and he'll be gone. For me, if you're going to groom somebody to take over from him, if they want to continue with a style of play, it's either going to be always a foreign manager, which means they've got to search for somebody, or you've got to groom from within, so to speak. For me, I'd rather see Devaney step up yeah, and yeah. bring him into the first team uh, and use him as sort of a sounding board. He knows the youngsters. I just feel as though, yeah, defence has improved. Anderson's, uh, Anderson's improved immensely. Uh, Williams has improved immensely. But over the last two or three games, for me, Anderson always looks as though he's got a mistake in him. And although he has improved, I don't think we've improved enough yet to warrant you know, warrant kicking on and being what we should be, which is a mid-table championship side. Hold, hold that thought, because I want to talk about that, because obviously the new gaffer used to play at, at a decent level for that, and he used to be a central defender, if I, if I remember rightly. So let, um, let's first have a little look back at QPR. 
because um, it was his first match in charge um, last Tuesday, a couple of days ago. Um, the, the, the club started as soon as the, the team sheet is announced, now before the match, putting a little video out with the reasoning behind why certain people are playing. And just as a one-word answer, is that something helpful, do you think? Is that something the fans would want? Or is that, you know, what, what is the reason behind that? Steve, do you watch that and think, oh, that's great, or I'm not bothered? Yes. You wanted a one-word answer. <laughs> 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 this is Ricardo. He asked five questions in one go, Steve. So yes, yes, no, what? yes, no, yes is the answer. What can you do with that? Um, I'm not being funny. It's very similar. And I'm sure everybody's seen it. Most people have seen the uh, the Spurs uh, documentary that's been, been on the TV with Mourinho and what have you. And it's very much, it's like watching that. And the thing I like about it is it's showing... Uh, it's giving information. The club's giving you information. Barnsley's always been a club that's kept things to themselves, no matter what it is, and you've got to sort of dig it out of them to get to know what's going on. If you know beforehand, so-and-so's injured, whoever can't play, this is my reasoning behind it, you know, you've got the information to take into the game and you understand it better. Yeah. It's so helpful, Chris, isn't it? Because there was a lot of anger aimed at the board for not signing a target man, for not keeping us informed. We spoke about it before. And that gesture, in a way, goes some way to repairing that harm and and bringing the club closer to the fans again. Yeah, Steve's right. Steve's nailed it. That's exactly what they're doing it for. You know, in a a time when COVID is, is, is prevalent still, it's the way that we're bringing us a little bit closer to the team, isn't it? Um, and that, that's why they've done it. Uh, I, I personally don't watch it. I like to think that I know why players have been selected. I like to think that I know what formation they're going to go with two days before. If anybody's got anything about them and watches football, they, they probably could have a good guess themselves. Um, it might be to quieten people that are so-called in the know on social media about what things are happening. It's just a certain, a certain case of quieting them, really, and, and saying, well, actually, you're wrong. You don't actually know as much as you think you do. Uh, and we're going to tell you why it could be. That could be the case. I'm all for it. Whatever, whatever Barnsley FC do, Carlo, they'll not, they'll not, they'll not be right. People still mourn. Right. So, um, what was right Tuesday night was the result on the pitch. I mean, in fairness, you know, it was the first win and it was the first match for the for the new head coach. Fantastic. Um, are we looking at clean sheet, three goals? Fantastic. Or is Bart Becker and Red saying, yeah, so three goals is great, but it should have been at least six or seven? Chris? I'm saying I had uh, £20 on four or more goals, so I lost about 125 quid on Barnsley, <laughs> wasting them chances. You're getting paid too much then, mate. Put, put 20 or, quid not, on. or not enough, Steve, if I have to gamble. So. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I think wasted chances, Carlo. I'd, I'd, at this point, I'd like to raise the fact that I'm the best striker in uh, Mexico District Division 1 uh, for the cross keys at Wall. And I would like to say that I think I could have got at trick. That's, that's my piece done, Carlo. Uh, Steve? <laughs> You're certainly better than Chaplin, mate, anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, speaking of Chaplin, Steve, oh, you, ripped into it. you ripped into it. It's been a while. You ripped into him, I said... Macarena, if he scores, Macarena. He didn't get back to me in time because he'd already bagged by then. Um, I just wondered what your Macarena were like, Steve. Well, well I, I, I'd love to do it. I'd do it for you, mate. But as you know, I've broken my leg and I can't actually stand up and do it. 
Have you brought your leg? Is that carrying Carlo for the past five weeks? Or... Okay. <laughs> oh, I like that one, Oh, I thought that one going in there. I commuted from here. There is a problem. Hold on. We lost connection. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all, all joking aside, um, a 3 He's cut me off. He's cut me off. <laughs> um, a 3 0 victory. Um, Probably not on the cards, um, Steve, if you look at the first 20 minutes. I mean, I, I was fearing for myself. We had a bit of a, a text conversation going on during the match. Those first 20 minutes, Steve, showed, uh, sorry, showed that if any other team with maybe a bit more confidence would have come, they could have been 2 or 3 nil up, couldn't they? Oh, God, yeah. That first, like you said, first 15, 20 minutes, um, we could have been out of sight. Uh, they could have been well in front. We looked basically shocking, passing was shocking, movement were very poor. Um, they had a lot of possession. Um, but then it, it, you could, in a way, you could feel it. Um, as you were watching the game, you started to get a bit more ball. Uh, a door down left-hand side was starting to create stuff. Everybody was starting to create stuff. Um, I've got to say it was a surprise that Callum Styles came straight into the team. But by God, what a player that was going to be. Fantastic. Uh, but then after 20 minutes, you know, we, we were getting hold of it. We were, I think we'd have gone on to win, to be quite honest, without the without the sending off. But I think the difference against QPR to the other sending off a week before was we didn't sort of do a turtle's head and hide back in the shell. We came back out, we came out, we attacked. We created more chances than we've created for the last five or six games. Um, Schmidt, last 10 minutes, should have had that trick. No two ways about that. Mm. So at least we are creating them chances. All we need to do now is finish them off. Chris, um, before the match, the, the club put a video out the day after the match, but it shows the new head coach with all the staff in a group huddle um, in the changing room where he says to him, be prepared to sacrifice everything on the pitch and be there for each other. And then they sort of shout and then they go out and obviously they, um, you know, they won 3 nil. Steve just said, a week ago we came up against 10 men and we struggled and we really, really struggled. Is that the new manager effect, do you think? That we coped with it a little bit different? We have somebody on the sideline who's constantly shouting and instructing or, you know, because similar circumstances, but this time we really took advantage and, and well, we scored two when they gave us another one. What, what, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's a case, a case of numerous factors. I think, uh, you know, I don't want to besmirch Adam Murray, having praised him earlier. I think Murray previously were, wasn't patient. We, they went down to 10 men uh, the previous game. We got overload left-hand side. We got overload right-hand side. We were on top, and then he made loads of changes, and we never looked like scoring again. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think he was patient enough. I think we saw a bit more patience last night. That probably might come from experience uh, with, with this new manager. I think that's that were a factor. Um, obviously, it's a new manager effect, like you mentioned. Everybody's busting a gut. There's 10% extra, isn't there? You've got a new boss in town. Everybody's working hard. Everybody wants to please. Um, I thought that that definitely would be a factor. And I just thought yeah. the balance looked better. When Matty James come on, we are a bit more composed. Styles played out wide left, uh, second half. I just thought we looked a bit more composed. And, and I mean, yes, we, we, we flustered, didn't we, at chances. And we, waste, we were wasteful. But the game were all over by then, wasn't it? I'd rather them save them goals for, for when we need them against Sheffield Wednesday or something like that. <laughs> um, you mentioned, well, you both mentioned Styles. Um, let's just let's just have a look at at the midfield. So 
We've got a new gaffer. Midfield, he can choose between Styles, Mowat, James, Kane, Palmer, Thomas, Bearer, if he's still with the under-23s, and Christy Davies, who's had one appearance on the bench so far. There's a lot to choose from there. Um, on the other side, you know, uh, we've got, I think, you know, we've got a lot of games coming up in a very short period of time. Who stood out for you so far and say, you know, you'd have to start with these in midfield? I'll let you go first, Chris. I think Matty James, when Matty James is fit and he can play 90 minutes, he, he will play every game. Uh, sorry, I'll take that back. He will play every Saturday or he'll play every Tuesday. I'm not convinced he can play back-to-back games in such quick succession if it's a Saturday. And I think that's what we saw on Tuesday, you know, midweek. I think we saw him not playing because he played quite a big part at week. And I'm not convinced he's ready yet. And even when he is ready, are they going to risk him and play him, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday? Probably not. Uh, Callum Styles, obviously, Steve mentioned him as well. I'm really impressed with him. Is he is he a central midfielder or is he now a left-hand side midfielder? Because if Matty James is to start, then for me, Callum Styles moves out wide left. But I think Callum Styles' energy and Alex Mowat's energy is is imp- not not really impressed with Kane so far. I know I've not seen much of him. Um, I don't know if it's the right shape as a, as a flat as a flat central four. I don't know if that's right the right shape for him. I think he's more an attacking midfielder when there's a three. Uh, so that'd be interesting to see. Is he somebody that could play a wide wide right? It'd be interesting to see what the gaffer does and, and comes in. You know, I spoke to Jimmy White today earlier, put an episode out earlier about managing new players. Uh, and he said sometimes the players don't know their best position yet and the manage, new manager comes in and shows them the light to a certain degree. I don't know what you think, Steve. No, I, I do agree to a certain extent with that. Um, what I don't want him to do is what I think Struber did and put players into the wrong positions um, because that certainly spoiled... The one obviously springs to mind is Woodrow, but I think it's also also spoiled Moet. I think Moet's played way too deep over the last two or three months, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's been in detriment to his game. Um, Matty James, yeah, he's 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 class. We know he's class, but I like Ramal Palmer, and for what Ramal Palmer's done the last two games for me, he shouldn't lose his play. I knew he was, I know he was injured, so that's fair enough. But if he'd have been fit for me, Ramal Palmer would have played instead of Matthew James. Yeah, I think. Sorry, Carl. I think. I think it's a case of now. It's not a starting eleven, is it, Steve? No, Come no. On. It's got to be a squad. It's got to be a squad. It's now. a starting 15, 16. I've got a question for you, Carl. Steve mentioned players playing out of position. Yeah. We saw on a chaplain play a wide left. Is mm. a left forward? T- to me, physically, is he best suited there? Because he, he certainly can't play out middle with two centre backs on him, can he not? Um, I know my, best my, 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 my thoughts um, if, if you ask me I would start with Woodrow Freezer and Schmidt up front I think whilst Chaplin his step counter will be really high I have to sometimes wonder about the end product I know he scored a goal you know and, and he did um, but on the Struber as well he's in he's out he's in he's out I think he goes missing at times um, and from what I've seen from Freezer, who's used to obviously playing the way that Ismail wants us to play. Yeah. Um, Schmidt, I think, has been extremely unlucky to pack up, come to England and have bit performances here and there. Um, so, my, my problem with Connor Chaplin is, I think, at this moment in time, I, I just don't know if it's a division too high for him. I think League One, yeah. he'd, he'd get 20 goals. Oh, absolutely, every day of the week or twice on a Sunday. I just think we've got more 
adventurous and skilled players that are not being used. So, yeah, yeah I would put Schmidt out to one side, Woodrow in the middle and Freezer on the other one. I am not convinced Schmidt and, uh, and Woodrow are mobile enough for me to, to play that game, but we shall see. We'll see what uh, the manager thinks. Well, and the thing is as well, um, we've got 14 matches to the end of the calendar year, so even the Christmas, 14 matches. That's only eight wow. and a half weeks. If you want to get me something for Christmas, I've got an Amazon wish list, but that's beside the point. Um, so eight weeks... 14 matches, he's going to have to, he's going to have to use the squad like you said, don't he, Steve? Because you simply cannot play somebody like Styles with that level of energy almost twice in a week. No, not at all. And for somebody, I mean, it, it were actually really, really easy to see uh, against QPR. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I held my hand up. I'm not a big fan of Shackley. Just because he runs about at 80 mile an hour all over the field, don't make him a good player. Um, but you look at, I look at Schmidt, and the thing for me about Schmidt is not only has he not had his chance, but he always seems to be near enough in the right position, which is what you want yeah. from a striker. And I've got yeah. to say the same about Freezer. Freezer is a lot more ball violent, he's a lot of running. But again, he, he seems to be in the right place at the right time. For me, Chaplin. Um, and no detriment to lad, yeah. League one striker, fantastic. But I just don't think he brings in running, running about. You know, we, we've moved away from running about. Back in the day, everybody, you know, we used to love him if we ran about at, you know, under 110%, all that sort of thing. But now I think we need something with a little bit more upstairs, a little bit more knowledge, and just in a way, a little bit more luck. Because a couple of Schmidt's chances, he would just, it were lucky because he would just stood in the right place. At right time, a friend of mine who I play with uh, football, we uh, he doesn't do much running, Steve. And he says, uh, if I if I wanted to be a runner, I would have joined Rob Romarius. That's what he says. There you go. You see? There you That's go. It. That's it. We've got about we've got about ten minutes left, so I, I do want to talk um, about the new gaffer. There were a few names uh, mentioned. Well, there's a lot of names mentioned, but if you go by the betting, um, you know, we, we we could have talked about loads. It was sort of narrowed down to two or three. They said, and then the day after, um, Valerie Ismail was uh, was announced. Uh, Steve, I know you did your research and you looked, and especially at Lask, as a playing career, he's he's played at a really decent level. But even managerial, to get to the Europa League, um, I'm not being funny. In, they finished higher than PSV, and being Dutch, I don't know if you know Chris. I'm Dutch. Yeah, I know. I mention it. Um, so you know <laughs> that shows that what what he can do with a bunch of players that nobody's ever heard of. Steve, I know it's early days. Is he the man to take us to that next level? See what I did? Oh, take. I like that. No, I like that, mate. You're yeah. all Steve, don't encourage him. notes all afternoon. Oh, that's, uh, that's, his, uh, that's his boy band coming out. I was waiting for him to say, take that. Yeah, that's next. His boy band. Uh, <laughs> is that next? Oh, sorry, mate. I didn't want to steal oh. your thunder there. Um, let's face it. Two games in. How can you tell? Uh, a couple of things I've noticed about him... That I, that I will put across is I thought the PR with the Twitter picture of him uh, giving his daughters a love before he flew out were absolutely brilliant. I thought that, you know, that's going to get somebody on your side straight away. So PR-wise, fantastic. Uh, his first press conference, he comes across um, very confident. Uh, I know there's some reports that say he can be quite volatile. I'm not being funny. We could do it somebody volatile because some of them could do it a good kick up arse. So, you know, that's something else that's a, a tick in the plus column. One thing I did notice about his game on against QPR, 
and I don't know if you've picked up on this, again, when Stendhal was here and when Struber was here, Murray, I think I said it to you, Carlo, always seemed to be on the shoulder a lot at time. Whether they were, you know, talking and whatever they were doing, that's fair enough. But on against QPR, he was, in a way, his own man. He was up there, he was kicking every ball. He was, it was the, you know, this is my team now. I'm doing it the way I want to do it. And that's what we need. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your opinion on him? Uh, I know it's early days, Chris, but, um, you know, he got a job in Greece, managed for one match, fell out with the owner and walked away. Um, it's actually it sounds like, it sounds like my kind of man. He sounds like my kind of man. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Carlos, sorry. But do you think he's the right fit? We know the board has got this vision of how they want to play. We know that's similar to his sort of style. Um, things like you've seen the group huddle, you know, the, the, the press talk after one win is great, but it means nothing if you lose the match after. It sounds all very positive, doesn't it? I suppose that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, no, it is positive. Uh, and, it, you know, it's very exciting to be a Barnsley fan. And it, to me, it's been very exciting for the past four or five years. You know, it's never a dull moment, is there? That, that is for okay. sure. And I don't think there's going to be many dull moments either with this manager. And end of the day, a board can have any structure or tactical way they want to play. But if they're winning games, they're winning games. Yeah. And this board wants Barnsley FC to be in championship. And maybe at some point in a year's time, two years' time, when resale value has gone up, we might move a few on, we might bring more in. Eventually, the money ball system, they're going to want it to work to the point where we're challenging for playoffs. And if not, to the point where we're selling players for 10 million. So either way, the only way we're going to get them goals is by succeeding and winning games on football pitch. Now, I don't care if he's a softly spoken gentleman. I don't care if he's throwing water bottles at people or he's chasing people around um, New Miller Dam. We, you know, we're we, we a big dog. It doesn't bother me. As long as they're winning games, I'm happy. Uh, and there's different types of managers, isn't there? There's different types of managers. And, and, and uh, you know, when you're managing different people, Carlo, you, you and I both know, Steve, you'll know, managing different people, there's not one size that fits all, is there? No. And it's just getting that right. And if, if you can get that right, why why not? We'll yeah. be at Premiership in two years. And, and you have to look back. And that doesn't, make, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't mean uh, you don't have to look at the Championship. If you look at the great managers of all time, if Sir Alec Ferguson is in that, which he should be, we know what he was like with his players. At times, the they greatest. needed a around the, the shoulders greatest. and a bit of... And sometimes they needed a water bottle throwing at him and a bit of a black eye. But I suppose I'd do that to David Beckham if I could. And just um, five minutes left. Watford. Now, I've seen lots of social media saying, oh, you know, I fear for our goal difference. Just to put it in context, Barnsley are unbeaten in four. Watford so far have only scored more than one goal on one occasion. So they either draw 1-1 one, one, or they, they, they lose one... Uh, or they win 1-0. Um, the last two matches, 1-1, one, one, Coventry and Wickham. Barnsley undefeated in four. New manager. We shouldn't fear him, should we, Chris? Yeah, 5 no Barnsley, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been drinking again, hasn't he? It's only Yazoo, Steve. Um, <laughs> no, no, nothing to fear at all. And why would the Carl? Any football player that's walking onto that pitch, particularly the age range that we've got, particularly the form we're in, uh, the energy we've got, what have we got to fear? This is a different team than what we saw a year ago. You know, a way different team. We're not leaky. If we're not leaky, if you're only conceding one one goal a game, you've got enough in you to win it. There's goals in that team, I'm telling you. We're more than capable of getting a point against Watford. It's just whether fear engulfs them, and I, I hope it doesn't. Um, Steve, 
he says there's, there's, there's goals. Um, if Chaplin's not going to score them, who's going to score them for Barnsley? Uh, it will be Freezer, uh, Woodrow, and Simoes uh, up front on Saturday. Um, I think I think uh, that's where I would go with. Uh, yeah, Watford have got some. They've got some talented players. They've got some Premiership players. Uh, but I think you know, with this guy in charge now, he could see some of that fight uh, the other night. It'll only get better. The fight will get more and more intense because he'll demand it of players. And I think the players that can't step up to that maybe may fall by the wayside, sort of thing. But no, I, I would say we've nothing to fear on Saturday. Uh, I'd take a point now. I've got to be honest. I would take a point now. But you know what? Why not? Why not three points? Put you on the spot then. Score forecast, Dan. Uh, Chris, you first for Saturday. Barnsley at home versus the Hornets. Yeah, just just another really good performance. Lots of energy, uh, lots of crunching tackles, and, and lots of in amongst them. Uh, two two, two two. Okay, two two. I like that. I like that. No, I think I think it'll be an hard game. Uh, I think there might be a lot of chances, but I don't think many of them will be taken. I think it'll be a one nil. Very good. Um, Which way, Steve? Which way, Steve? Ah, ah, you see, I didn't say that, did I? Yeah, I think um, if we can create the chances we did towards the end of the game and carry that on, I don't see why we couldn't come away. Get that goal, and then I think his fighting mentality will demand that we don't concede. Yeah. Uh, Jens, thank you very, very much. Never forget... Take that. Never forget. Uh, football's <laughs> all about opinions. Um, and we love to share our opinion with yours on Twitter. Um, don't forget to follow us. Um, we will put up uh, another episode that Chris did today. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I know you're talking to Jimmy Whitehead and to the Barnsley ladies' new coach. Yeah, that's right. So we do, basically, they've both been appointed recently in the new roles. Uh, Jimmy out and main, and obviously, um, Andy Gossip's been appointed Barnsley, Barnsley women's manager. Yeah. So I had them both in to have a chat about what it's like being a new manager, seeing as we've got a new manager. Med sense, Steve. You know, it med sense. Oh, no, I like it. I like it. Really good conversation. It is up on YouTube, uh, Carlo, alongside all those other YouTube videos, where yeah. this one will be. It will be up on podcasts, alongside where this audio will be. We're on Audio Boom. We are on Spotify. Spotify. Google. Podcast. Google. We're, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. Uh, give us a follow, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next week. Dr. Trudy Fleer here with the 5G Home Recovery Podcast. Let's discuss a very real existential threat to internet speed. It's a big one. Ready? T-Mobile Home Internet. It lags. Now, what is lag? Lag is a delay in data being transmitted across the internet. For example, you're hitting that hot drop, the parachute cuts out, you've got an unsuspecting bot in your sights, and lag! You were actually eliminated 10 seconds ago. Nobody deserves that. So stop letting T-Mobile Home Internet ruin everything and switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash T-MoFax. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 
24 7 365 days of the year let's all take a moment to talk more than football it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcdonald's share boxes ready to go ian's already got booked for double dipping and steve has stolen the last nugget you're snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app un you reds at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talk sport fan network the ultimate on-demand destination for the uk's best fan-led football podcasts want barnstorming barnsley insight analysis and opinion follow the reds report podcast on the talk sport fan network find beatable club dedicated content created by the fans for the fans search talk sport fan network <laughs>